0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the PPRL podcast. Still no new name, apologies. I forgot to record an intro and I'm editing in a noisy place, so this friendly robot is doing the intro for me this week. Please do not unsubscribe from this podcast in favor of hers. Ah, jokes. Much thanks to to FromTextToSpeech.com. Really doing the Lord's work. Anyway, we've got a great show for you this week. I really think you'll enjoy it. Let's get going.
1: And we're back. So excited this week, ladies and gentlemen. Can't believe it. On the other line, it's Bill Kalish. How you doing, buddy?
0: What's up, Johnny? I'm pretty good. How are you?
1: Oh, pretty good. Just hanging out here, enjoying the last... Uh, I don't know what the weather's like out there in uh, western New York, but we've just dropped right off, and it's like 65, 70 degrees every day all of a sudden.
0: So I, I think that's supposed to, supposed to uh, bestow its joy on us tomorrow, because today um my iphone said that it was like 92 oh but but the the thermometer temperature gauge in my car uh oscillated between like 97 and like 101 so i mean whatever that means is a ball's hot here
1: yeah i i feel like we just hit like august 28th and minnesota was like that's good we can do fall now and it's, it's, I don't think it's been above 80 in a week and it doesn't look like it's ever going to be again.
0: God, that sounds amazing. Yeah.
1: It, I like it, but it's also, I just am so fearful and already dreading the winter that stepping like September is mostly a summer month. You'd think we could do some more summer stuff. It seems like it's all just gone.
0: Is this your, your, your first full winter there? Oh,
1: I moved up here in 2016.
0: Yeah. So it's been a while. So like, so you- I,
1: I, this will be my third winter.
0: And and is it normally something where it, like, comes out of nowhere and it's just like, boom, like, winter is here? Or is it sort of uh, Native American summer, if you will?
1: Honestly, the last couple years, uh, it it has not been an early arriving winter. And and the issue has been with how long it has lingered. Um, But I I remember the last couple years, the, the, the November has not been snowy or bad or anything.
0: All right, well That's
1: obviously on the table or hell We could we could, we could get some snow in October It wouldn't be crazy or anything But haven't had that, that has not been the issue So maybe that'll be the way we switch it up And terrorize me this year But we're getting so far ahead of ourselves I know every listener out there is. It, it's like the naked gun you know, They're all slapping their forehead They're all just shocked They're like, why hasn't he said it When's he going to say it? The answer is now. Bill, eat anything good lately
0: So Yes. Right. I I eat a lot. So just law of averages, I eat good stuff occasionally. Um, But I was thinking about this question when we were talking about uh, doing the podcast and I was like, what have I eaten that's good lately? And I I had this whole thing that I was going to go off on like how my my new favorite food in the non-pizza division is the chicken taco. Um, And then just, I swear to God, like randomly, I was thinking of what to eat for dinner And I happened to put together sort of, I I separate off like a section of my, of my head. And I was just like, oh, chicken tacos sound pretty good. And so I got like a rotisserie chicken and I took all the chicken off of it, off the the carcass. um, And then I cut up uh, some, some white onion, right. And some cilantro. And so that's like my jam now is a chicken taco with just some sort of like Chicken meat, whether it be roasted or braised, or like a good seasoned chicken, and then I put it on top of two corn tortillas with cilantro and onion, and that's pretty much it. I might throw some hot sauce on there, like I have a a soft spot for, uh, or Ortega taco sauce is the jam. (laughs) So tonight I had like three chicken tacos, and it it was glorious. And as I'm eating it, I'm like, oh man, I got to prep for this for this uh, this podcast thing. And then I was like, holy shit, the chicken taco thing happened. So it's way more <laughs> authentic now that I actually ate them.
1: That sounds great. Uh, I, I think that the, 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 the chicken taco in general, it's a nice fit. So you can do it in a lot of different ways. And especially, you know, as such things go, especially if you don't, you know, it's not like fucking KFC chicken or something. You're going to do that. You can do that relatively healthy. You can do all right with that. Um, I am interested in digging into the nomenclature here, though, okay. as you were discussing this in my head. I don't really see chicken taco as a thing. I see that there, there are fish tacos. That's a thing. Correct. And then sometimes there are tacos that have tongue in them and I'm careful not to order those. <laughs> and then everything else is just tacos. But okay. clearly to you, chicken tacos are specifically, I like chicken tacos and then another time, perhaps, I will want to have a different type of taco, and then I'll, I'll talk about that taco. So tell me about chicken tacos and how this came to be.
0: So j- just if you're looking for a connoisseur of tongue taco, uh, Dave Artman, I mean, is... Oh,
1: I'm shocked to hear that. just All, blown part, away.
0: all about the tongue taco. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I have uh, an interesting slash evolving relationship with uh, many meats. Um, I'm not a vegetarian. My wife is a vegetarian. Um, But I've always been sort of on the uh, chicken-fish side of things, a leaner protein, and I'm fucking weird. And so um, I I distinguish chicken tacos because they're not like barbacoa or like uh, El Pastor is is the pretty traditional Mexican taco, you know, like spit-roasted pork. And like as I've eaten... (laughs) out at restaurants more frequently and been in situations where I have to eat stuff that I don't necessarily get down with more frequently. Um, I've kind of developed a bit of an appreciation for, uh, non-chicken, non-fish proteins, but not enough to the point where like I'm choosing an El Pastor taco over just a basic chicken, like a, like a green, like a chicken Verde taco, like that's the jam. And so it's just become like, I don't eat them that frequently, but I'm constantly talking about how I want them to be the only thing that I eat. Because like you said, you could do it without, you know, eating 4000 calories. Sure. Fresh tasting. I don't know. They're really good.
1: I like that. I think that makes sense. Um, I will say I, I definitely I, I don't I don't I haven't eaten any meat in a while. And that's been cool. But when I did, I definitely did fuck with the, uh, the Alpass store. That was a good time. I will say I used to get called out. Uh, We'll we'll see if you have similar or dissimilar point of view on this. When I lived in uh, California, I had this friend who was from Nicaragua, and uh, she could say that word a lot better than I could. Nicaragua. What's that? Nicaragua. There you go. All, All sorts of noises my mouth can't do happen in that word. Uh, so I think I, she's actually come up on the podcast before. This is the same person who uh, informed me that white people don't eat fruit and that apples and bananas didn't count. She apparently I didn't connect that she had a lot of food takes. And another of them was that you can't put ground beef on a taco and that that's white people bullshit. And if you put ground beef on a taco, you've done it wrong.
0: So. Look I'm by no means an uh, authority in Mexican cuisine right I've been to Mexico one time. You're, you're
1: suggesting you may not speak for the the country here maybe they may have other representatives they'd prefer
0: um, I used to uh, uh, get intimate on a frequent basis with someone of Mexican heritage so I guess that's a little bit It's like three percent of what I would need to, to speak on this um, but I'm pretty sure that that ground beef on a taco is is white people bullshit. and doesn't mean it's, it's not good. Uh, There's a lot of white people bullshit that's pretty good. Um, Really, most food in America is white people bullshit, um, and it's pretty good. Chicken tikka masala is super white people bullshit. I think it came from Britain. It's not even American, Um, but that, like, is the hot shit in Indian food. It's Um,
1: also, like, the best food there is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You you could do fine.
0: She's probably right. I mean, so where are you with, like, the hard shell taco? Because that's another white people bullshit thing.
1: Yeah, that's a thing that I, I I don't I don't think I learned from her that that was why people bullshit. But I was thrilled to find out that not that my preference of literally never eating a hard shell taco was also like the good way to do it. I don't know why the fuck you're supposed to eat a hard shell taco. I've never done it successfully. I don't understand why anyone would think that's the preferred method of the ways. The other way will hold together and this one won't. You know, I wouldn't go and say, hey, make I want a pancake, but I also want it to be peanut brittle. Let's do this. I, it, it's an absurd concept from the beginning.
0: You, you know what? Um, I, I mean, I agree. I, I like the hard shell taco just as like a thing. But I like that's not what I had tonight. And that's never what I expected at a restaurant. But whenever I, whenever I think of the first bite of a hard shell taco, I always think of that episode of The Simpsons where like we're Rod and Todd like open the the baseball card packs and bit the heart hard- like <laughs> <laughs> cut his face like a ridiculous. like it like shattered off and took a big chunk out of his cheek. Like that's pretty much just eating a hard shell taco.
1: Uh we're gonna just go directly into our next unplanned segment, which is uh, we talk about things from The Simpsons that we were reminded of in real life. Today, I was at the grocery store, and uh, I, went to, I went to the fancy, the Whole Foods. And I like going to the Whole Foods. There's lots of good stuff. But now, as, as a white adult, I, you know, as for kids, you talk about, oh, you know, he's like a kid. And it used to be like the candy aisle or whatever. But then it kind of became, oh, you know, the cereal aisle. And there's so many options. That now is how I feel. When I walk into the alternative milk section, and especially as someone who doesn't have dietary restrictions, but also thinks that like like I eat dairy products, but I think that real milk is gross. So I'm not I'm not drinking even skim milk. I don't want any of it. I, I drink other milks. So I just walk up there and there's always new options and there's so many good ones. I don't know. I, I, I I'm unabashed in my affection for oat milk. It is extremely legit and great i uh i love it but anyway today i was back there and i started to take a picture but i thought honestly i'm not confident enough that maybe everybody knows this maybe this is the oldest funny thing i've ever seen in the world and this is like the original joke and if i post this on instagram everybody will make fun of me for not being in the know but there is a brand of almond milk called malk really it doesn't say it has vitamin R in it, like when Bart drinks it after his bones break. But it, there's legit milk at the store. Have you heard of this? I have not. I should have taken the fucking picture.
0: I, can, can I ask a, a couple points of clarification? Sure. The, alterna- the alternative milk section, is this refrigerated or is it uh, just like shelf-stable milk?
1: Now, I will say they, that's the shelf. I'm talking refrigerated. That shelf-stable milk section is there. I don't understand how that can be. Almond milk needs to be refrigerated or it doesn't. And I don't know why they are willing to sell that to me both ways.
0: Oh, that's a good, that's a good, I never thought about that.
1: If it doesn't need to be refrigerated, it's a huge waste of resources to put it in the fridge. Correct. It's like morally wrong. I'm not like, I'm so fucking thirsty for almond milk after my half marathon. that if it's not already chilled, I won't buy it. That customer does not exist. And they make the small, like, portable, like, the individual serving size. I'm buying a fucking half-gallon uh, Almond Dream or whatever. I'm not drinking it in the car on the way home.
0: Correct. Yeah, so not- if it
1: doesn't need to be refrigerated, get it
0: out of there. It's not a thirst quencher. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, yeah, I've never heard of, of milk. I know the—how or how do you say it? milk. I would. I think they say milk on The Simpsons. The problem. The problem is those assholes that don't say milk and they say milk. So my my lines <laughs> got crossed. Um. Yeah, dude. I. I mean, I know that the one almond almond milk comes in like the blue container. Um, and then I we have these shelf stable <laughs> nut milks that, yep. that, that we uh, that that we use sometimes. A list likes to pay seven dollars for, um, for like a quart. Uh, and they're like white; they're like a white label. But I don't know, milk or... or <laughs> I'm I'm gonna fuck this up the rest of the way. But yeah, I've never heard of that, so that might be like your joke, man.
1: Well, you know, the joke's on us because they were definitely, you know, selling the Simpsons reference almond milk for eight
0: dollars or whatever. So, win, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't buy it. I bought the 365 store brand soy milk this time. But you know, I honestly like. I don't. I don't know if you, they have oat milk at Target up here now. Okay. And uh, they even have a chocolate oat milk, which is pretty perfect. It, it, it's a really, it's a great treat at the end of the long day. Really? Um, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's just so creamy. Have you had the oat milk?
0: <laughs> Do you like the oat milk, Paul? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I might have to give that a go. It's. I. It, it will take absolutely zero talking. To my wife to get that to happen because I sure. mean is also grossed out by animal milk, um, so yeah we we might be taking a taking a voyage on the oat milk express pretty soon.
1: I I am excited to hear back. It's it, it's good stuff. I, I I think it's really high quality. Uh, I know that all these things are a scam. You always read that like almond milk is like one almond and white food coloring and a gallon of water. But I don't give a shit. I'm not drinking real milk because that's gross. Uh, this is a perfect transition. We'll just do this real smoothly. I know it's gross because I was just at the state fair. I saw those cows. I know what they're up to. Like, I, I don't want to drink their milk. Uh, I went through all the uh, animal stuff. I didn't go in the horse place because I'm kind of scared of horses. But I saw all the other animals. I will do animal power rankings. Number one, easily, easily the best animal rabbits
0: dude were, that was totally i was like rabbits 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 There were rabbits.
1: so many rabbits i didn't know how many different kinds of rabbits there were every 10 feet there'd be like oh well that those are the top prize winners for that kind here's the next kind of like these guys look like uh velveteen rabbit and these guys look like the easter bunny and these guys are little puff balls and there's like 20 different kinds of rabbits that won prizes and every one of them deserved it they were such good little rabbits I loved hanging out with them. They they were really nice. I don't think they liked being in the cages, but hopefully they got out of there. I hope that people were nice to the rabbits and they got to go do something cool uh, to celebrate next. Um, those are the best animals. I love those rabbits. You ever, you ever hang out with a rabbit, Bill?
0: Dude, so the biggest thing, at least here, and I was I assume that pretty much all state fairs are the same. Um, and we're gonna get into this, but were there rabbits in cages? That were like the size of like, like luggage, but like not even carry-on luggage, like luggage you need to check (laughs) luggage. Uh,
1: Assuming some degree of exaggeration. Yes, they were preposterously large rabbits. Now, if you actually mean like larger than a carry-on suitcase, the answer is no, I did not see those rabbits.
0: Bro, I've seen some, I mean, so like we have a little dog, right? Like our our dog Ollie is five pounds. Dude, the, the rabbits that I remember seeing at the New York State Fair could just destroy that dog like without like any, I mean, those rabbits have to weigh honestly like 25, 30
1: pounds. Wow. I, I did not see that.
0: Maybe that's wrong. Maybe I don't know what weights are or how to eyeball things, but brother huge.
1: Sounds fucking great.
0: Yeah. So, so who's number two? I really
1: liked the goats. Goats are probably number two. I don't have as much to say. They were really cute. I did go through... So, there's, like, one area at the State Fair that's just, like, here are the animals that won prizes or were good or whatever. I don't know how you want And then there's another section called the CHS Miracle of Birth Center. Yeah. And that is where there are pregnant animals all the time just hanging out. And then they're like... Oh, shit, the fucking cow back in the corner. And then, like, you go over there, and there's, like, the cow's giving birth. That is not the place to hang out. I thought I'd go in there and have a good time, and instead I went in there, then I went back out of there. That was the wrong place to be.
0: Yeah, dude, that sounds pretty horrifying.
1: I I, I, I don't know what the deal. I don't know why I thought it would be good, but, like, people like it. Like, the National Weather Service... They have an excellent Twitter uh presence up here in the Twin Cities. And they just like hold up at the uh Miracle Birth Center and they tweeted all their updates about the weather from there. And then they'd post a cute picture. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I was I was seeing some cute little baby goats. And Then you went in there like, Oh, you'll see some shit.
0: Yeah, it's and, just placenta.
1: Oh. Yeah, so I got out of, it was sad. The cows, I gave the cows a little bit of shit before. They're trying. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be doing this. I felt bad. The cows were the top of my feeling bad. They're next in the power rankings. Horses are unranked because I didn't look at them, and it would be unfair for me to rank them. Bottom chickens. Fuck chickens. I, they, they were so dumb. Everybody, every only animal at the fair dumber than the chickens is everybody putting their finger up to the cage and getting pecked by the chickens. That was happening every three seconds. Like if you stepped back and just watched everybody at once who was hanging out with chickens, it was nothing but dudes with their dumbass girlfriends, and the dudes like ha huh, ha, huh, and then instantly pulling his finger away because he got pecked by a chicken. That's the chicken's entire life during the fair is just peck idiot dudes' fingers all day. I I, I hated watching it. I almost like you said this is what spurred it in my mind. All this stuff to begin with. I almost feel like like if I came back and I was like, oh, I'm going to eat some meat again. I might just eat some chickens because I don't care about the chickens. Like I have thought before, like Gina went on a trip to New Orleans recently. And I was like, if I went to New Orleans, I would eat alligator because fuck alligators. I don't give a shit. Whatever, man. Get the fuck out of here. I, I'm i not that way with chickens yet, but I could see myself getting to where I'm like, I eat a, I eat a chicken because I don't like a chicken. So it's okay.
0: Look, I don't want to. I don't want to derail us here. But who the fuck has like animosity toward alligators? You think alligator's your friend, bro? I well, no, look. At, there's a lot of things in this world that I like that are not my friend. I don't think an alligator is my friend. But like, I've always been cool with alligators because you know, I, like, as a little kid, they're like these awesome. Like, they're like dinosaurs, and I like like the Florida Gators because of alligators, but. <clears throat> uh, those vi- those videos uh from the the various florida golf courses yeah. of those giant fucking alligators like walking around like it's jurassic park like i'm all <laughs> in now i'm like so pro gator uh
1: one time i went when i i was visiting florida on a vacation i went on this little like like canoeing or kayaking i think it was canoeing down this river and it was cool and you could see alligators and stuff. And they're like, Oh yeah, just stay in your canoe. Don't get out. If you get out, something bad could happen. And I was like badass. I was probably like fifteen. I was like, Oh yeah, what happened? And this lady told me a story that she claimed happened like six months earlier, and it involved the phrase death roll. That one of the oh, alligators, did the Death roll. And uh and then some poor some poor soul did not come back from experiencing the death roll and that was the end of him
0: and was that also the end of your um appreciation for alligators
1: might have been i think it's that and i think i saw a happy gilmore and i was like i know what they do i'm out i don't I need any of I,
0: that alligator fucking it took jubs his hand yeah it killed jubs so i get it never mind yeah
1: i'm glad we're on the same page about this yep I um let me see some other good things about the State Fair are there's a lot of good food. Most of it has bacon or is bacon or is gross. But there's also good stuff, and you can get that instead. And I ate some of that. There's uh, People have weird ways of making corn on the cob that they roast for you that you can have. And there's lots of good desserts and ice creams. And people make people do all the crazy deep-fried candy bars. I I don't know. I, I know I'm like the fattest guy, but I still I just don't get down. That's not my thing. I think that's gross. But I also drank a bunch of good beers. Uh, there's this one brewery up here that does a yearly tradition at the state fair. They do a mini donut beer and I'd never had it. And then I got it and I was like, oh, this beer's all fucked up. And then I realized, oh, this beer has a uh, cinnamon sugar uh, like ring around the
0: top of the cup really
1: yeah it was wild it was very tasty but it was like towards the end of the night oh a, a rim is the word i was going for there yeah it had a cinnamon sugar rim on this beer but uh i definitely drank like half of it and it was like oh god the cinnamon sugar is like all over the corners of my mouth and i was very gross but uh it was tasty i drank some other tasty beers It was a good time. I just, I really enjoy it. Like they said, this is, uh, they said all these new attendance records this year. If you go by daily attendance, uh, this is the, uh, most attended state fair in the country here in Minnesota. And it's great. Everybody like just the entire state is there and you walk around and I didn't get to go. Sinbad was there one night. He was performing. I heard he was excellent. (laughs) Uh, so all the entertainment you can want.
0: So let me ask you the Sinbad thing Um, here. uh, The the things that I like sort of equate to or or associate with the state fair is um, a giant sculpture made of butter. Oh, yeah. Usually like a family carved out of a big block of butter, like a family sitting at a dinner table. Only it's all butter. Uh, And then like weird, mostly free, but sometimes paid concerts like are there concerts at the minnesota state fair
1: yes uh when i say that sinbad was there what i meant to say was that he was opening for earth wind and fire
0: awesome
1: yeah uh again i have no no excuse whatsoever for why i did not attend this show besides the fact that the cheapest tickets were 38 dollars a piece and i thought as much fun as i will have uh, watching Sinbad do jokes, and then waiting for Earthwind and Fire to do September so that I can leave. I, I can't believe that's going to be worth thirty eight dollars.
0: Uh, I saw Earthwind and Fire late last year. Pretty good show. Didn't really? pay a dime for it, but yeah, definitely not worth forty dollars. But their bass player, you got to look him up. He's like the coolest looking dude, like in the world. So.
1: I will say there were like uh, billboards and stuff leading up to the fair. And I don't particularly know who the bass player was, but the the, the pictures of the dudes made it look like a good show.
0: Oh, it's, it's insane. He He's, he, he always has this big giant grin and he's a pretty short dude. Uh, so the bass is sort of like as big as he is. And he like, he, he's always grinning. He's got his big ass wide, like sort of Afro thing. And he dude, he just goes, he like, Moves from 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 the first beat to the end of the show, just smiling and hopping around and banging on the bass. He's like the best. He's like the coolest fucking dude.
1: Uh, you say that about how much he's smiling. That really reminded me. Do you remember in law school when Paul Whitehair was obsessed with the smiling drummer who was really happy and like having fun playing the drums?
0: Loved it. That, that's that was cool. like his, his the favorite band. Paul Whitehair uh, pantomime.
1: Do you think that all of Paul Whitehair's improv teammates get mad at him when every time there's, like, a, a lull in a sketch, he just starts doing that and claims that, like, that's, like, his trademark character and he needs to run it back out again?
0: I mean, I would hope that it's either that or he does that um that weird dance thing where he, like, has his arms kind of out and he, like, sort of stops and then, like, starts dancing again all smooth. It's, like, kind of <laughs> But I I would never try it. I'd have to throw myself down the stairs.
1: Paul Whitehair does pretty good with that stuff. Much better than I do. Um oh the other thing I wanted first two other two more things about the state fair. Uh first off, we had there's apparently something where like the Dairy Farmers Association sponsors a like beauty pageant every year. And then the winner gets a bust carved out of butter of them. And then like the same person has been making the has been like carving the butter for like 30 years or something. And they all have to go sit with this lady and she does it. And they have pictures of all of them. And then you can see like the winners from the last several years on display. And they're in this like old room and it's really scary. And I saw the woman who won this year standing next to her butter. And it was really good in a way that I did not like very much.
0: I I love the idea of uh, butter statues, butter busts, um, butter scenes. Like I, I, the whole thing is just like, like who first thought, Hey, what if we took all of this butter and rather than sell it to people for $4 (laughs) a pound, we could just carve it into shapes that are not at all climate stable that we need to keep in like a refrigerated plexiglass room so that people can look at it and go, Oh shit, that's a lot of butter. Like, then that's the payoff.
1: It's crazy how like, not only does this happen, but it's like such a success that everybody does it every year and everybody just rips it off. Somebody invented this. I don't know who you say, they had it at the state fair in New York. Gina said in the Illinois state fair, there's a big cow carved out of butter every year. So it's like the only thing we can be sure if you're going to a state fair, Gotta have some, like, animals and do some rides. And then carve some shit out of butter, and then we'll be good. We'll definitely have a good state fair if we get those three things.
0: What, did, what do they do with the butter after they're done? Like, okay, so now the state fair's over. And in, in the case of New York, it's literally usually either a cow or a family at a dinner table. So, like, do they try to, like like, sketch out, like, little butter packs and, like, reuse it? Or do they just, like... <laughs> do they just melt it and it goes away like like is there like some weird like bread and butter post new york state fair festival where everyone comes in with like a blowtorch and gorges on butter and bread
1: i think that they probably like say that like oh it's not food safe anymore we had to destroy it but then it all gets sold under the table and then, like, a week later, you're in, like, IHOP, and you get your pancakes, and there's just an ear of butter sitting right on top of it.
0: Oh, uh, I'd leave an extra big tip for that, so.
1: That'd be great. I saw that girl. I, I could, If I ran into that girl who won the beauty pageant, I could tell her I ate her ear. That'd be <laughs> a good in for me.
0: I ate your butter ear, baby.
1: Well, <laughs> you go. Oh, wait, you are talking to the police already. Okay, never mind. I got to go. Um <laughs> Oh, the other thing at the State Fair is there's this place. I guess it would be better to say there's this woman named Martha. And uh, she started selling cookies at the State Fair. And so now there's these two stands at the State Fair. And it's called Sweet Martha's Cookies. And all they sell is chocolate chip cookies. And you get either like a cone or a big bucket. And you go up there. And everybody just loses their fucking mind over these cookies. I will say, as an outsider, they're, they're good cookies. They're unquestionably good cookies. They're not the best cookies I've ever had. They're very good. There is a certain, Gina pointed this out. This podcast is mostly just me repeating things Gina told me. But Gina said this is not so dissimilar from some sort of Little Sebastian situation. Where everyone thinks this is by far the most incredible thing they've ever seen, and I'm like, yes, it is good. Will you tell me why? No, nope, but you're right. It's the, you're right. It's the best I've ever seen. Good point. And I, I don't even know how to bring it up. I don't know how to broach it with anyone.
0: Yeah, that, that's sort of like we need to find something to be proud of, and these cookies are above average. So fuck everybody else. Your cookies are garbage. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a that's a healthy society. That's a normal impulse <laughs> to elevate. To I think elevate,
1: that's just how everybody you
0: knows. Know, to, to to make a, a B minus and A plus just because you don't got a whole lot go, a whole lot else going on.
1: <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the cookies. This was I did not like the lines are just ridiculous. And last year, I didn't I didn't get them. It was, it was too hard. But then this year, all all year I've been waiting. I was like, I'm getting those fucking cookies, and I got them, and uh, they were good. Are they, are they soft? Yeah. And they make, uh, they're, they're straight out of the oven. And so okay. they are, they're very warm and they're soft. I mean, they're good. I just, it's, you know, people legit stand in line for over an hour.
0: Yeah. I'm not doing that.
1: No transition whatsoever. So this podcast, we're, you know, a little ways into it here. Uh, this was ostensibly in its origin, a fantasy football podcast occasionally we have to talk about football uh we're gonna get into the 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 deeper actual fantasy aspects i hear we had a draft might be relevant but first let's talk a little bit about our 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 good friend colin kaepernick who's been in the news this week what do you think of this are you a fan of the colin kaepernick in general what do you think of the nike stuff
0: uh, so, uh, b- big, th- okay. So, uh, big thumbs up, on on the ad campaign. I watched the, uh, the commercial that's supposed to premiere tomorrow, uh, during the Falcons game. <clears throat> I watched it today cause Kaepernick uh, tweeted it out, got a little dusty in the office, very <laughs> inspirational. Um, really, really liked it. Put it on Facebook. That's how much I liked it. Nice. Um, you know, cro- cross platforming. Uh, I say with an asterisk just because, I mean, yes, it it is inspirational and it's, you know, be your own person and fuck the haters, so to speak. But like there is sort of this uh, I'm going to call it an undercurrent, but it's really more closer to like a like a tsunami of the uh, of, you know, Nike slave labor. (laughs) So like (laughs) like there's a certain we have to just sort of grant that the discussion we're having about whether or not this is an, an acceptable advertising campaign. Has to happen on some other moral plane that doesn't uh, that that it simply ignores the fact that women and children are uh, <laughs> working in sweatshops to put together shoes that we're going to buy for like two hundred dollars or for forty nine dollars at like the shoe department. Um, <clears throat> but other than that little thing, yeah, man, I'm a big fan. I, I thought the print ad was pretty cool. Um, the 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 litany of um, parody print ads, including the terrific Jay Cutler. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. Like, I mean, that's, that's kind of teed up already, right? That's not like, that's not a, a deep reach, but God damn, that's just terrific.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, you know, the only other little bit of, of funny to me is that clearly, you know, quote conservatives, uh, which really just now mean like weird Trump cult people. Um, you know, up in arms, right? About all sorts of crazy mm-hmm. shit. And so one of the, the people who I used to be friends with, but we've uh, grown sufficiently apart because of the Trump weird stuff that now I think he's just kind of a pile of shit. Uh, he, someone shared with me that he posted uh, a parody, whatever, um, with uh, one of that, that picture of Trump's ugly mug, like full frame, looking all like, I'm a hard ass. And then it says the tagline, like whatever believe in something even if it costs you everything or whatever and like he posted that on facebook like like yes i'm here to defend the president and like i i couldn't help but but like notice how fucking hysterical that is like that like he would believe in this man believe in something like you know trump uh even if it costs you like literally the soul or civility of uh the most powerful nation (laughs) through the world so yeah you know we all i guess we all incur our own costs some of them are a little bigger than others i guess um but otherwise i'm dude i'm on board i i you know i i think cap's kind of getting the bone i think all those safeties are getting the bone absolutely uh, from all these stuffy ass white people in shotgun um yeah i'm i'm on board what about you
1: I will say my main thing with the Kaepernick stuff, is it's especially just focused on our conversation here, I'm almost a little disappointed. I thought I had a real hot take, and I guess I don't, because I feel like most of the stuff I've seen online, obviously there's crazy racist assholes who are just like, I hate, this is another thing I hate, so I'll burn my shoes because I'm too stupid to live. But beyond that, I feel like, the, the, I, to me, what I've seen as far as like the mainstream reaction has been like, well, this is just a thing that Nike's doing because they think it'll make money. And so they're just making a business decision like anything else. And we, sh- we shouldn't think, you know, anything too positive of it. And I-, I-, I think that's going too far. I mean, I know that I am generally the most cynical in every conversation like this. And I-, I guess I'm just not in this one. And the thing I keep coming back to, and this is a conversation you and I have had personally together is how upsetting we find a lot of the stuff ESPN does and how they react to things and how they just like this season, it seems like they're going to just fall over themselves saying, Oh, we're not going to be political. That's not the way we do things. We're going to step back. You know, this this is just about football. It's not about where your political beliefs. When in fact that sort of conversation has come and gone if it ever was here to begin with, you know, that's a joke to say, you know, our league that the president, tweets about every day. Well, it's not a political thing. So we won't have to think about that. that. That's impossible. You know, every act you take is political and that that's, you just have to accept this. And so when ESPN says, Oh, we're going to remove ourselves and we're going to worry about the things that people on the alt-right say that, that Clay Travis comes in, we're going to, we can, we're going to concern ourselves with what bad faith actors like that have to say. And, you know, worry about that. When we make our decisions, you're letting that side win. And so when I hear about that and I think about that and that upsets me, I feel like I need to have an equally strong positive reaction to something like this. And all if it, if it happens to be the Nike thinks this is beneficial and makes some money, all the better. But I, I, want, I want companies to think that. I want things to happen where people can say, you know what? It happens to actually be good for everyone to do good things. I, I still, as you say, you bring up slave labor conditions. It's totally true. You still, at the end of the day, I know it's a ridiculous cliche that everyone makes fun of. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism, Bill. We know this to be true. There's no option. You can. oh, well, I'll just I'll, I'll buy some of that nice stuff, and my money won't go into the bad way. I don't go. Like, when I ate meat, I didn't go to fucking Chick-fil-A because I knew what they were going to do with my money. But I still, if I step back, I'm being ridiculous. You know, any, anybody, I, even if I go and just buy stuff from nice people and I hand the owner of the store the money, I know that money's going to places I don't like. That's not how any of this stuff is ever going to work uh, within our system. But there's there's still, unless we're really going to step back to that view, uh, there's gradations here, and I think this is a gradation I like, and I, I wish we could do more to uh, to be happy about it.
0: You know, I think the thing that you touched on earlier, the you know the ESPN capitulation. Um, I think the biggest distinction here is that, um, I mean, I don't know what the numbers look like, but my guess would be that Nike is a superior economic power uh, to ESPN, uh, sort of on its own terms, right? And and we could argue about whether or not that, uh, you know, like you said, you know, uh, causes ethical issues. But um, what I think is really big here is... Nike has a stable of pretty, pretty, uh, socially conscious dudes, um, specifically LeBron, um, kind of a, a, a turn away from the old Jordan, you know, let's keep it down the middle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a network like ESPN, right? Like they're, they're, they're not insolvent, but the, the the majority of their health rests on keeping the NFL happy at this point. Cause that's really the only thing that people watch with any sort of consistency. And, I don't think we need to, to explore how fucking craven and pussy ass uh, Roger Goodell is as a human being, <laughs> and, and, and you know, their habit of, hey, here's an issue. Why don't we have someone leak what we're going to do, see how everyone reacts and then try to build off of that.
1: We'll find out if our ideas are good or not. by just, yeah, yeah.
0: because that's what you do as a leader. Um, so I think how
1: about you have a good idea? That might be a better plan. Who knows?
0: Make isn't isn't making all the money in the world a good idea. <laughs> Um, I, I think Nike is at a position where, you know, they've got some of the biggest brands in the world, or they are one of the biggest brands in the world. They've got some of the biggest personalities in the world, and they're not overly dependent on uh, on sports income or on sports league income. The, the NFL can't do shit about Odell Beckham uh, signing a big ass deal with Nike or Colin Kaepernick, and that sort of underscores the entire issue with. And not to go too far afield as we approach forty five minutes. But this whole idea that uh, NFL players are, are workers, they're at, they're at their employment, their place of employment, and they should abide by the rules of conduct set by their employers. Well, no, not really, right? So, so when I go to work, I'm just a dude who's an attorney for a law firm, and I don't really have a whole lot of value above and beyond my skills on my own. Like, I go work for another law firm, but, like, I don't have a personal brand. I'm just a guy. Colin Kaepernick, Odell Beckham, LeBron James. Like, these guys have publicity rights that are that are both uh, vast but unique. They, those are things that other people outside of, like, Hollywood, they don't have. So, like, yeah, I'm a, quote, employee, but I'm really – we're contractual partners, and why the fuck are you telling me what I can and can't do, assuming I'm not, you know, <laughs> at the 50-yard line, like, pissing on Dallas' star or, like, lighting shit on fire? Like, if I'm taking a knee, you don't like it? Well, that's too bad. This is my platform. I've I've in, I've earned my platform through a combination of of my performance and my inherent gifts. Eat a dick. You're making money off of me, buddy.
1: One hundred percent agree. I like that a lot. This is extremely tangential. I'm going to push this away, but we're doing it anyway. Did you? I'm not. i going to get some of the details on this wrong, but uh, related to on-field celebrations in sports. Too good to pass up. Did you see the stuff that I think it was today? With the Washington Nationals uh, reliever, who made a big like Twitter bet, basically.
0: No, what happened?
1: Uh, so in baseball, there's a big back and forth that in some ways is can be cast as uh, old school versus new school, but can more aptly be cast as white American players versus everyone else american or otherwise that basically is about you know how to comport yourselves on the field and whether or not you sh- it's okay to be happy that you did something great and basically there's a lot of players who say oh you know act like you've been there before don't do anything exciting don't do anything fun and then there's some players who are like it's fucking cool i hit a home run i'm really excited i'm gonna do something cool and so the uh there's a relief pitcher for the nationals who I've liked for a long time, named Sean Doolittle. And despite being a white American, he is a cool guy who says, oh, you know what, all the players should have fun, should do whatever they want. And so he came out, this, I think today, and issued a challenge and said that for the rest of the season, if anybody hits a home run off of him and then does some sort of dance or celebration that is so extravagant that they get fined, he will uh, match their fine and donate it to the charity of their
0: choice. Really?
1: Yeah. Basically, just like I, if you, if, like, like obviously, it's a challenge and obviously it's just him. He's not like opening his teammates up to anything because that would be a dick move. Like, hey, go ahead, over run off of Max Scherzer and then tell him I said it was okay if you danced around. That wouldn't be what you wanted to do, probably. But I thought it was just the coolest thing. And so the Cubs have a series coming up. Against the Nationals and now it's like Can we get do little into every game I want to see if somebody Can do something here
0: do, Does he make like a bunch of money I mean I know Baseball players crush but like is he One of the the uh, More handsomely compensated players
1: uh, Not in the slightest I, I But I, but again as you say You know it's, he doesn't make a ton of baseball Money but I mean he makes Millions of
0: dollars like 15 Like 8 like what's
1: Oh I don't I bet he hasn't made 15 in his career I bet he that's I bet Sean Doolittle makes three million dollars this year.
0: Oh, okay. Oh yeah, so that's pretty meaningful. Yeah, it's a real thing.
1: But yeah, so he is uh Yeah, he's he's a very wealthy man, but he's also not like I'm gonna giggle as I throw all my money in the air and
0: Yeah, he has to he has to be he has to be smart with the money that he that he earns.
1: Sure. Speaking of being smart with money, Bill, what happened in the auction draft last night?
0: <laughs> I'll tell you who really enjoyed the uh, the auction draft was Aaron Louder, who uh, not very happy that there was no auction, uh, not very not very happy that he was quote robbed of keepers, uh, generally just pretty pissed off, uh, totally. But he was hanging out at some bar called Fat City, so like I didn't really feel bad. Also, he, like, dominated last year, right, didn't he? Did he win, no, or did Paul Avanzino? win?
1: Uh, Aaron Lauder did win. It makes me happy to hear that something I did upset him. I, I wish I could do that more often. If you maybe Where's this fat city place? Do you think it's prone to being, like, bombed?
0: He's, he said it was somewhere downtown. Um, but it was pretty sketchy on the, uh, the details, so it might just be that weird uh, squirrel nest that Aaron used to live in, and, like, yeah. that's Paul's fat city. So yeah. guys, we're going to Fat City, and it's really just like, like a rundown apartment with some broke ass couches and and uh, transient partiers.
1: Yeah, they, they, the partiers don't come in until his uh, friends go to sleep. So that's pretty right around
0: three a.m. I think is when Fat City gets kicking. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I took a look at at kind of everyone's list uh, today, and y- you know, I, I know that this was supposed to be like a power rankings. Um, but the you know the inherent uh, issue with the power ranking is that you're gonna have to like you know shit on half of the league, sure. the third of the league, whatever like you think that the the shit line is. Uh, so I'm not gonna do that. But I did go through everyone's roster and sort of uh, make notes you know about the things that I like, uh, the things that I don't necessarily like, and and I do think there are a couple teams that sort of. Put themselves in a position to uh, to 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 be pretty good for for the whole season.
1: How many teams?
0: Uh, so I've got three ish. Um, so
1: is it, can you think of any other ways you might say three ish?
0: Uh, three.
1: Well, it seems like it's more than a couple. A few. Uh not that many.
0: Wait, is there? Is I thought a few was more than two. I, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm digging for cup of two tree here.
0: Oh, a cup of two tree. Um, there it is. Blowing it. So yeah, there are a couple two tree teams that nice. have a little bit of, um, of, uh, of, uh upside here. Um, so I'm going to go. So I, the way that I did this was I looked at the standings, um, and just sort of went in order. Um, and I think, it was, I believe that the, the first division, the Rye division, uh, a division that I'm not in, but I'm, I much prefer rye to bourbon, so I'm a little, a little bitter about it. say um, hey, Man- that
1: rye can be a little bitter too.
0: Ho, ho, hey, oh, hey, oh, oh. Um, Manhattan's always rye. By the way, BT Dub, rye Manhattan every time rocks. Don't at me. That's how you get a Manhattan. <laughs> it, it can be Rittenhouse house rye, a very, a very uh, reasonably priced good tasting, spicy rye uh, that isn't going to crush your budget and makes a hell of Manhattan. Just saying, anyone out there getting in the Manhattan game. Um, fuck old fashions, not into the sweet.
1: I, I'm not going to say I disagree, but I am literally the opposite of everything you just said.
0: Most people are.
1: I prefer bourbon to rye. I, don't, I think I, it's one of those things I always just assume at some point I'll drink a rye and be like, yeah, this is what I like. This is good. I'm going to get my taste for it hasn't happened and i love an old-fashioned so much
0: yeah most people do i i guess i've always been weirded out by the fact that to me and i think maybe we've talked about this because it's a it's a stock bill rant is like you would think that if you had two very similar drinks one called a manhattan one called an old-fashioned that that the manhattan would be uh more palatable and maybe on the sweeter side you know yeah. manhattan very but common one
1: would taste like candy corn yeah
0: yeah right and then the old fashioned would be like how grandpa used to drink it out of, yep. like like a bird it's 90
1: percent right? just straight booze
0: yeah and it's completely the opposite like and i i still don't get it so i like to this day you'll have to catch myself like you're saying manhattan is that the right drink <laughs> um, See,
1: i just remember which one do i want old fashioned to say that one
0: perfect there you go yeah,
1: it's a good system okay i apologize for interfering there that's uh which team are we talking about right now?
0: Let's go with Paul. Paul, Paul A. Uh, okay. Gmail, Google Paul. Um, you know, I, he, he went, I don't, I don't know the order in which these guys were drafted. I wasn't paying attention, but, uh, but very balanced, like a, a good set of quarterbacks, cousins, cousins and rivers. Um, I think there's probably not a ton of upside there, but, but there's a lot of production at what is probably a pretty good cost. Um, I, I like I like the running back depth. I mean, Zeke Ezekiel Elliott could be kind of a problem because their center's got like leukemia or something, and everyone else on that O line's banged up, and, and that offense might blow. But he's a good player, and he hasn't um, grabbed any boobies lately that I know of, and he hasn't been accused in any various other assaults. So I believe he's suspension free. Um, so I like that. I like the receivers: Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, big. Big bangers like that a lot, a lot of upside there. Um, in terms of what I don't love, uh, the back end of the bench, a little dicey. I'm not a Jordan Wilkins guy. I I don't know that Calvin Ridley, um, or Josh Doxson are going to have the opportunity. Um, but if anyone does, it might, it, it, God damn it. Yeah, I'm okay. okay. Thanks mom. Damn it. Um, so yeah, anyway, that was my wife. Uh, Why does she
1: think you're not okay?
0: I don't know because she's a fucking weirdo.
1: Did she shut off the oxygen for a second?
0: <laughs> Dude, I <laughs> I cut the supply of oxygen to the house. <laughs> Are you all right? It was only off <laughs> for like half an hour. Um. So yeah, eyes bench is a little uh, the the, the Dachshund. I mean, and Derek Carr is a two, two quarterback league, so he's more valuable than I than I think. Um. But. You know, maybe a little thin on the bench. You want to prop that up, but overall, pretty good.
1: Why is Julian Edelman suspended?
0: Uh, PEDs, which uh, the rumor has it is because he was hanging out with quote Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's. Uh.
1: Oh God! Out. Really?
0: And and, and uh, big man Brady was like, "Hey man, I don't know. Whatever happens between Julian and and Alex is between them. I don't want to talk about it. Maga, I'm out." Fuck that guy. Um I I don't believe that. I like Tom Brady even though he caused that Super Bowl to be canceled. Um so yeah, uh you want to move on to Bubba? Let's do it. Let's let's talk about Bubba. Um Bubba, dude, real big on the receivers, man. I like I'm a big fan of not necessarily the receivers, but the pass catchers. Uh Emmanuel Sanders probably coming in on, on a, on a bounce-back season, a little undervalued this year. He's got Odell, who just got paid, who's probably going to want to light people up. Uh, he doesn't strike me as the, I got my money, I'm going to go take it easy kind of guy. He's, he's a nutcase. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who isn't good and is making way, way, way too much money, is still going to get a ton of targets, um, and he's going to take them each for approximately nine and a half yards because that's what you do with, with pass targets when you're not very good. Um, but the volume will, will carry him through, and then he's got Zach Ertz, um, a guy who you know he's not alone in that in, in that Eagles offense. But Elshon Jeffries hurt, uh, so he's going to have a lot of opportunity for the first couple weeks at least. Uh, and he was their leading receiver last year, so uh, I like I like the pass catchers a lot. I like the quarterbacks Breeze and Garoppolo. That's pretty solid. Um, again, uh, if Bubs has a problem. His, his, the last three spots on his bench fucking suck. <laughs> uh, Marlon Mack, uh, I mean, I guess someone in Indianapolis has to run the ball, but that's a stay away for me. Um, Devontae Parker's just not good. Like, at some point, we have to say he's not good. It's not going to happen. Like, we keep waiting for it to happen, and it hasn't happened, which means it's not going to happen. Uh, Richard Matthews, he's fine, but uh, Corey Davis is there, and Delaney Walker's still there, and that Ta'Juan Taylor dude. So I, I see his role kind of shrinking nice player, but nothing crazy. Um, so again, you know, you know, depth, but if that's the worst thing you got going against you is shitty back of the roster depth, you're in pretty good shape heading into week one.
1: Sounds like it. I think we'll wrap up all these segments with me asking like a really naive question. Uh, and for this one, it is, do you think that Paul white here just took Jarvis Landry because he's excited to three weeks to now talk about how much he hates his life? Like, that uh, just feels like the most, like, I can already read the email from Paul. Like, you guys, why did I take Jarvis Landry? You already got hurt, and the Browns are 0-3, and all their quarterbacks are dead. Like, that's just, like, the lock of the century, right?
0: Paul and I had texted back and forth yesterday when the draft started because he was absent uh, before the first pick came in. But I do recall uh, Paul Whitehair uh, saying a bunch, a bunch of terrible shit about his team in the fucking chat box before the draft was over. So <laughs> yeah, probably as you know, as a, uh, a masochistic Browns fan, I'm almost, almost sure that, that that was probably the largest portion of, of his motivation behind drafting Jarvis Landry. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Good dude. Um, so Pat Polk, right. It's going to be our, our next guy. Yep. Um, hey, Hey John, if I had to, or if I asked you to guess, just in general, whether Pat Polk's team is good or middling or not so good, what what would you guess?
1: I would guess really good.
0: Yeah, Pat Polk's team's really good. There's a shot. Uh, and, and I'm going to skip ahead to the things I don't like about Pat Polk's team because there are a few. Uh, it's pretty much just Randall Cobb because Randall Cobb kind of blows. Uh, he's another one that he had the one year and then we've been talking about it like it's going to happen again. It's not going to happen again. Let the guy go. Um, and then, uh, the other thing I have written down for, uh, things I don't like about Pat Polk's team is Pat always winning because (laughs) Pat's right all the time and wins all the time. And I'm pretty fucking sick of, uh, in terms of the good stuff that I like both about Pat and his team, uh, Pat likes good beers. Pat likes big barrel aged beers. So do I, uh, one of these days I'm going to go to fucking Fobab or whatever the hell it's called. the, The barrel aged beer fest um pat's team is fucking stacked man uh he's got two quarterbacks russell wilson tom brady that's probably two of your top five right to somewhere in that qb1 to five range both of them assuming health uh the backs david johnson devonta freeman and chris thompson i mean like you're talking about freeman's been rb1 on more than one occasion David Johnson was RB1, I believe, two years ago. Uh, and Chris Thompson, before he got hurt last year, was something like like RB11 in PPR scoring, something like that. So, I mean, he's going to be pretty stacked unless something weird happens there. Um, the receivers, I guess, are a little thin. I mean, Adam Thielen, who I'm pretty big on, uh, Michael Crabtree, who is probably undervalued. I mean, he's going to catch some balls from a notable elite passer, Joe Flacco. <laughs> And I like the bench a lot. I, you know, he's got some, got some upside here. The Jamal Williams from the Packers could be their lead back by week two or three. Uh, Matt Breida could benefit from Jarek McKinnon's knee exploding last weekend yeah. for the Niners. So, yeah, Pat Polk, uh, in good shape, man. And, and, I'll, and I'm just going to spoil the surprise. The three teams we've talked about already I think are kind of comfortably ahead of the rest of the league. I think those are the guys. So so bad teams, uh, and I say bad just meaning not. You don't
1: like them, you personally.
0: Also, yeah, I think they're waste of space. Um, so Aaron Lauder. <laughs> so this is kind of unfair. Oh, it's uh,
1: okay to be unfair to Aaron Lauder. I actually prefer that.
0: <laughs> uh, Dave Artman unfortunately couldn't make the draft last night.
1: That's a good point. Who was at the? Who was not at the draft last night?
0: Uh, Dave Artman. Uh, Uber was there. Uh, Dylan came in late. Uh, I think it was just Dave Artman and Dylan for a brief period, that's right? That's very good. That's a great that's uh, to, creative able, attendance to make it at some point. I it's think Huber behind. was absent a little bit. Um, but I mean, Huber's always present in our hearts, certainly. Um, Dave Artman's team's not bad. Uh, unfortunately, Dave Artman was robo drafted and uh the computer takes what appears to be a best player available approach, uh, which means that I think Dave Artman ended up with like eight wide receivers.
1: I also see one quarterback on the roster and it's Tyrod Taylor.
0: And that was uh, a very late round pick was actually a pretty good pick. All things considered Um, Tyrod Taylor, I believe uh, every season he's, he's played whatever, 14 games or whatever. Uh, something like finishing the top fifteen quarterbacks. Two quarterback league is pretty yeah, good yeah. if you're not gonna not gonna take a guy till round three. Uh, and he's got some some top notch talent. I mean, if Le'Veon Bell decides to come to work at any point, that's nice. Uh, like Mike Evans, like Travis Kelsey a lot. But I mean, he's got I think he's got three running three running backs and one quarterback, <laughs> and then he's got a, he's got like four Rams receivers. <laughs> like, like I understand that people are high on the Rams, but Jesus Christ, like. Like how many I don't know, how many Rams receivers can you can you really have? So he's going to have to make some moves, but you know he's got some stuff to start with. And, and I mean, look the the other guy that I just I couldn't really get into it. Um, and, and I'm I'm kind of surprised to to say it, and I I don't want him to think I'm picking on him because sometimes we pick on him a little bit. But Lee, the monkey man, I like. I don't know, dude. I, I don't see it. Uh, last night when I looked at the teams briefly. I was like, holy. But today I'm a little better with it. Um, So we're going to go just because this is going to be the last one we do. Um, Everyone else, you did fine. You you know, you'll you'll either win because something stupid will happen or you'll lose because someone will blow their asshole out of week two. And and you'll not pay attention to waivers for three weeks and all of a sudden you'll be screwed. Uh, So let's go through Lee. So Lee's quarterbacks, Dak Prescott and uh, and Mitchell Mitchell Trubisky. A um, little bit of Homer stuff there, but that's fine. You know, if all goes well with the Bears this year, you could see some outsized production. Uh, I have questions. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I, I'm not super down on Trubisky, but I'm also not seeing it yet. I want to see a little bit more. Uh, I like Dak a lot. He is a good, good quarterback. I think that poor bastard went from a great situation, which allowed him to shine as a rookie, to <laughs> nearing the end of his rookie contract in arguably one of the three worst situations in the NFL he's throwing to Alan Hearns like hey Alan Hearns and Tavon Austin come on down like it's gonna be garbage um I like Michael Gallup a little bit but I mean Jesus like come on he's like a, a rookie third or fourth round receiver like how much can you like him um the backs are okay I really like Christian Chris, uh, Christian McCaffrey that was a dude that I was targeting that Lee sniped a couple picks before me um rice Freeman ah, arrows looking up I don't really see a ton of physical talent but he kind of makes it look easy which those kind of guys can be deceptive a uh, big chris carson fan over here love him um but yeah i i, I mean the bench kind of blows i don't the richard penny thing i'm, I'm not there yet I, I think you know you don't have a traditional handcuff situation so you're gonna end up with both carson and penny and your best bet is that one of them blows a knee out because you're not going to be able to like camp on one like this is a thin bench league you're gonna have to move that roster and i think this is gonna be a timeshare uh a little heavy toward carson um mike williams uh we'll see Jameis winston's a dirtbag but I, I like that pick uh michael Gallup again wh- what can you really expect um i don't know lee man look he's he's good every year so this is just you know he'll he'll prove me wrong i'm sure it's probably gonna fire off some angry ass email and 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 like end it with like god damn it but i'm i'm not really not really seeing it yet lee you got to show me a little bit more
1: sounds good bill uh i have one other thing i wanted to ask you have you ever seen the movie saint elmo's fire
0: (laughs) uh i have not but i'm very familiar with uh i believe it's is it eric Carmen or is it john parr john parr john yeah, I'm familiar with the John Parr song.
1: Yeah, it's a good song. I haven't seen the movie either.
0: That movie, just I know we we touched on this last last week, but like that movie belongs nowhere near a conversation, including either the Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles. Right? Like we can agree as a as a fucking humanity that those two movies are vastly superior in all respects.
1: I assume so. I read the Wikipedia page for Saint Elmo's Fire. And everything I guessed about it is wrong. And it's really just a bunch of college graduates from like Georgetown or something like just hang around and fuck each other for a while as they start getting jobs. It sounds like the worst yuppie piece of shit I've ever heard of.
0: It sounds way more adult than I would have expected.
1: Yeah. All my guesses were wrong. I don't understand why the movie looks like the video looks like it does. Given what the movie is about. I think in many ways, uh, am I so out of touch? No, it is the video that is wrong.
0: <laughs> do, do you know, and this could be wrong, but do you know where St. Elmo's fire comes from? Like where that phrase, I don't know if it originates, but what else it's associated with? Yeah, it's
1: like some sailing thing, right? Some weird thing sailors at sea run into, like a weather phenomenon or something.
0: Yeah, I believe it's, uh, so I now I have two two things working in my mind. It's either some weird like luminescent collection yeah. of like swamp Yeah. or or it's um the same as uh ball lightning, but it's but I don't No, yeah, I think it's like ball lightning where it's like a weird ball of plasma uh that sometimes can blow shit up and like make things explode. Just like just like John Cryer.
1: Okay, well, if it t- <laughs> if it turns out that that happens to Rob Lowe in the movie, I will watch it. But that's not on the Wikipedia page. And I really think it should have been in the first paragraph. Right. So um, I think that's all we've got. Bill, is there anything you'd like to plug today?
0: Uh, this is very white guy white guy bullshit, I think. Maybe not. The, the, the tech world is, is pretty diverse. But um, I've been heavily reliant on the uh, New York Times uh, version of Consumer Reports, the website The Wirecutter. God, I love Wirecutter. Um, Wire cutter is the best. Yeah. Like I've I've basically used it. It's become my go to reference for pretty much anything that I buy. I bought an umbrella because of wire cutter. Uh, I'm gonna buy like a like an iPad slash iPad keyboard because of wire cutter. I bought my television because like it just seems like the most practical. Hey, here's what we did: we watched a bunch of TVs, or we listened to a bunch of stereos, and these are the ones we like. It's it couldn't be more useful. So if anyone's looking to buy pretty much anything. Uh, wire cutter man, and I feel like the Times doesn't really promote it very much. You'd think that they'd be jamming it in our face, but like I, I never see links on the New York Times to wire cutter. I always have to go Google wire cutter specifically to get any content. It's very bizarre, not very good branding.
1: Yeah, I will say I definitely anytime I need to buy something, I will type wire cutter and the thing I want to buy and see if they have an article about it. I can acknowledge that I am. This podcast is being recorded on. Their pick for the budget Windows Ultra book, and I am listening to you talk right now on their pick for uh, uh Bluetooth headphones. Um, I, I, I love it, I use it all the time. If you bought, I don't know what TV you bought from their list, but if you bought their like budget Roku TV or whatever, that's the same one my parents have because I got on a wire cutter and said this is the one you should buy, and they had that uh, and that's in it's their house. 15, it, it's 16, yeah,
0: 55, man, it's the yep. best
1: um so
0: Uh, so let me before we go when you type in wire cutter uh item right so wire cutter rain jacket wire cutter fucking mixtape whatever what what would you estimate the frequency with which google gives you the like the exact link you're looking for
1: not as high as i would guess sometimes it gets confused like every time uh, i can't connect the joke uh what would actually come up if i typed well i'll just do it Okay, this is this is live comedy coming to you from the internet. As I type into Google wire cutter cock ring. <laughs> if you search wire cutter cock ring. The first result, oh, that, well, which way do you do you think it gives me bad wire cutter results or cock ring results that are not from wire cutter?
0: I'm going to say the latter.
1: You're correct. The first result it got it was like, "Oh, this guy wants reviews of cock rings." The first result is from Engadget, this cock ring quantifies your sex life. And the second result is Amazon bestsellers, Best Penis Rings. Thanks for clearing it up for me, Amazon. It would be a shame if when I Googled cock ring, I accidentally had to see the word cock. That would have been really terrible. Um,
0: the idea of, of a sentient cock ring uh, quantifying my sex life. <laughs> Not the best. Not into that.
1: Oh, the I have a plug. I would like to plug the Valvoline Instant Oil Change on South Robert Street in West St. Paul. I've been going to them pretty regularly for uh, about a year and a half now, and they always treat me white. Right. They do that thing. They don't just say, oh, it seems like, oh, your air filter's kind of fucked up. They just pop that air filter out and bring it around and say, look how fucked up your air filter is, Broke? Can we replace this? And I'm like, hell yeah. Give me a new one. And they do it. Good people. I really, if you ever find yourself in uh, St. Paul, and I got, it's like, don't drive over from Minneapolis. It's not that good. But if you're in St. Paul, need an oil change, tire rotation, basic stuff like that, they'll treat you right, right there on Robert Street and, uh, in uh, West St. Paul. Highly recommend
0: it. Wonderful.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had just the best
0: time. Thank you, Johnny. It was it was great to chat with, all, well, with you uh, to the audience of literal single 10s. And is there a single digit like analog to tens? Hmm. Ones to to literal ones. Listening to this podcast, How about double
1: double digits.
0: I think we can. I think we could break like ten or eleven. So yeah, let's say to tens for the double digit people uh, that are listening to us. Bullshit. At the very yeah, least, if to-
1: you listen without headphones, like a significant other could hear, a pet could hear. I bet we get to twelve sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's fair. Do you listen to, do you ever listen to it like on your own? Cause you'd be the 12th, right? Assuming no outsiders.
1: Uh, well 13th, if we, I mean, Alex really, uh,
0: Oh, that's right. Alex.
1: Not that I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Who I will say I used to listen because I, would be like, I want to listen to it and hear like how I sound. And like try to think of better jokes I could have told, but now I've, I've, Kind of perfected the whole thing, so it's not necessary.
0: Beautiful. So yeah, thanks everybody.
1: Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And uh, hopefully now the fancy football season is here. This will be a more regular thing. We certainly got off to the off on of the right foot today with uh, Bill Kalish. Best wishes in the
0: interview games.